0: In my head, it's visualised always being backstage at a theatre and you're about to go on stage and somebody's just lifted up the curtain and said, oh, you could just duck out here if you want, mate. <laughs> and I feel like the universe went, uh, I'm just going to lift up. There's a little there's a little side exit here, but you could just go if you want. And I just went, yeah, thanks, bye.
1: Holding up the Letting is know exactly when to fall, fall. Is it is exactly when to fall. I'm Sarah Weiler, TEDx speaker, coach, and creative multi-passionate, and I'm fascinated by how we navigate quitting. Whether it's a project, a relationship or where we live, the emotional turmoil of bringing something to a close can be deeply uncomfortable. In the past four years of research, I've come to see that knowing when to quit is really about getting to know ourselves. It's about becoming attuned to our bodies and the murmurs of our hearts and knowing what it feels like when something is complete. I'm so excited to share this podcast with you. It feels like exactly the right moment to be having these conversations. We're so afraid of quitting. Yet it can be our greatest teacher. It shows us what's important to us, what our boundaries are, and what conditions we personally need to thrive in this lifetime. When we allow it, quitting really is the facilitator of joy. Today I'm talking to Emma Sexton, an entrepreneur and marketing specialist, design thinker, and doer. I met Emma back in 2016 when I was running a female founders accelerator and she was working at the King's accelerator as creative expert in residence. But then we talked a lot about our love of starting ventures and knowing when to fold them. And Emma over the past has run a successful radio show, taken women on regular trade missions to New York, as well as bootstrapping a really successful creative agency called Hands Down. In the summer of 2022, I saw that Emma had posted her decision to sunset her creative agency after 10 years, a term I hadn't heard before but was very intrigued by. And she did this at a point that she was close to turning over her goal of £1 million revenue. In this episode, Emma shares honestly about how she made the decision to close the business, the weight of running a big business, the pros and cons of being a solopreneur versus running a big company, And the backdrop of her father's terminal illness, which helped her reassess what was really important. Emma is so knowledgeable about the world of entrepreneurship. And for anyone wondering whether quitting a business is the right thing for them, you're going to love this episode. Finally, if you're enjoying this podcast and want to support us, there's three ways you can do that. Firstly, you can rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That can help it get up in the charts and reach more people. Secondly, you can share this episode with others and help spread the word. And thirdly, you can buy us a coffee at ko.fi.com forward slash Sarah Enjoy the episode. So nice to, well, I was going to say see you again, Emma, but we've gone cameras off. So nice to hear you again. <laughs>
0: No. Yes. Exactly. Well. Yes. It's just good, isn't it? It's good to talk. I think it's good to have voices and and hear people. Obviously,
1: we we met in, we met in like twenty sixteen, didn't we? When what were you doing back
0: then <laughs> like what was, what was what I was... doing in 2016 um i was so we got connected through my work at kings and their entrepreneurial institute because i am still creative expert in residence there so i advise all their early stage ventures on branding really um and uh yes i think uh, the guy who was running it uh, suggested that we connected so yeah so in 2016 i was wow i was 3 years into running my business, my creative agency, <clears throat> and doing lots of other things. Like, yeah, I definitely um, went a bit wild between 2013 and 2017, I think, where I just had lots of fun. Yeah,
1: I feel like you. Were, we maybe even talked about quitting back then because weren't you running some, like, float, was it called Flock?
0: Flock, yeah. So I had loads of things going on because I'd basically been employed from the age of, like, well wow, i think i had my first job at 14 but i went i pretty much went out to work at 18 and i didn't um quit to start my own business until i was 37 so suddenly i was this free ranger and Uh, honestly it was some of the best years of my life because I was I just started creating things so I set up my agency which is you know the big bold brave thing to do when you take the leap for employment um and then you know I was earning you know an all right salary from from that and just playing and then I was just like oh well I could create this and I could do that and I you know I was just in this amazing creative creator space of where entrepreneurship was almost like my medium like (laughs) I can't explain it some people are like you're a workaholic and I'm like I'm not a workaholic but business entrepreneurship the creativity around there is I just find it absolutely inspiring and exciting place that literally from my laptop I can create or do anything I want to do I just think that is really really exciting so So I got a bit overexcited was that around 2013 you said that you started doing your own thing yeah. I launched January, 2013.
1: Yeah. Because I think it's really interesting you say that that's exactly around the time I started running my own business. And from the people I speak to, I feel like they were real years, like as in 2013 to about 2018, were like years of creative experimentation, entrepreneurship. I think it was like post Olympics. I felt like, I don't know if you feel that as well, but I feel like London
0: was a real place of like, people were just trying stuff out and yeah, tapping into that. I think it's interesting you say that because I do I do look back on on some of that time and now I feel like a lot of that stuff that I was doing is very mainstream now Yeah, because everyone knows how to do it and everybody's developed those skills but at the time I think you're right Sarah I feel like we were it wasn't necessarily mainstream but I think you know we were the sort of people that could see the potential and see the technology and see the way that you could connect those dots and and make whatever you want happen. I mean, you've got the ukulele workshop, you know, and <laughs> there's no reason why you can't turn that into a, which you have, into a business. And I just think it's such an awesome place. And I, and I think it's brilliant that more people are doing it. But I think you're right. There was something special about those five years, that sort of new culture of entrepreneurship that then has, I feel like the pendulum then swung the other way. We've got a lot about hustle, toxic working, you know the sort of the the heroing entrepreneurship in a in not what i think is a very positive way so yeah but I, yeah i think i agree with you there on that
1: holding on letting go holding on letting go is
0: So having been employed until the age of 37, I took that leap to set up my own agency in 2013, a creative agency, made so many entrepreneurial mistakes, but I had the business for 10 years and, uh, you know, really got serious about double, doubling down and growth kind of, you know, 2019, I guess. So 2019, we had a really good year, double, doubled our growth. Um, You know, we're going to double our growth again in 2020 and then the pandemic hit, which was obviously a bit of a disaster, but we came out of that, we rebuilt, we got back to pre pandemic revenues in 2021. 2022 was all about us hitting my target, which I'd always want to get to. I'd always want to get the business to a million revenue. Cause for me, again, stretch goal, wasn't just about the money although i love making money i'm not afraid to say it um it was also about what you need to sustain a business at a million pound turnover i knew i would need to develop some really good business acumen to be able to do that and that really was what was driving me and i found quite exciting um but i've got to say after 10 years of learning on the job you know i'm a creative by trade. I'm a graphic designer by trade. Like I didn't know anything about business. I didn't even have account handling skills or client services skills. I mean, you know, I did, but not, not formally. So, you know, I realize now as a creative, how much we are on a back foot when we go to start our ventures, because we literally, you know, a lot of other people starting businesses have They've got the sales, or they've got they've got some other skills, and I feel as a creative, we're really on the back foot for that. So I feel like I spent ten years learning on the job at my own time expense, you know, which is quite exhausting, and playing around with lots of other businesses. So I think I started twenty twenty two with a bit of a make or break attitude. I'd I've spoken to a couple of companies in twenty twenty one about potential merger and acquisition, M and The business wasn't really worth anything. And normally, in those situations, they would swallow up your business, you take a senior leadership role in their business, and you get some shares, and then you're on their journey to to growth and and exit. But that just to me, I'd worked so long to be a free ranger and in charge of my destiny that felt really uncomfortable. And I felt like I'd learned a lot as a business person and I'd got loads of things in place. And there was a bit of me that's like, I really want to see if my knowledge and everything I've put in is actually going to pay off so I was like right 2022 is make or break but if not I I have to I have to stop this because I'm working way too hard and I don't know maybe a creative agency is a hard business I I just felt like it was what did too hard, hard working too hard mean or what was it what did it look like day to day I I think the trouble with me is I'm very, very tenacious and I can work really, really hard. Also, being somebody who's child free, I can be totally self-indulgent in terms of the hours that I put in. I guess it was just leaning in more and more and more like it's, you know, it's hours, it's resources, it's it was also me trying to do the right thing like they tell you to get out of the business which I which I did and then they tell you to delegate more which I did but then no one tells you of the added complexity of that because okay yes I'm delegating tasks but now I've got all these other suppliers that are checking in with me all these other meetings I'm having so now I'm in this other other web basically. And then, you you know, adding into the fact of all that's going on in the economy around you. So you're constantly trying to navigate a business, you're trying to grow, but protect the business, you've got employees, you know, like there's lots of, lots of things that you've got on. So it's it's a 24 seven job. And I think I've totally underestimated that, you know, that desire for growth and getting to that million, but still learning business acumen and actually how exhausting that was and also not having a business partner that can kind of share that load so doing this on your own doing this on my own which is you know it's it's been very sweet the people who've said to me I've always really admired you for doing it by yourself and I'm like I don't know if I want to be admired I feel like I'm in the corner and everyone's like why is she doing that by herself but anyway we are where we are um, so 2022 was literally a, a make or break. I was like, we should hit a million. We had a great mix of clients. We had, you know, and that's what you want as an agency. You, you want about 20, 25% of your revenue coming from each um, each client. So I had a great team on board. I was really, really excited. But in the background, I did have the very sad times of my dad has had prostate cancer for eight years. And last April, he got given 12 months to live. His treatment stopped working. So trying to then navigate a business where you're hungry for growth, but equally, you know, somebody very important to you is going to pass, but you don't know when. And then because you've never had somebody that important pass, you don't know what your grief is going to be like. So I started the year feeling like I was in the right place in terms of I could step out of the business and the team could keep things running. But I knew sales and marketing was weak, but I was like, I think even if we just break even, we'll do all right on these five or six clients like uh, you know so I was like I'm gonna coast a bit and then we'll let dad pass see how I am and then we'll ramp up from there and I was totally fine with that but what happened was we had an amazing Q1 smashed our targets uh we you know did 300k in Q1 um Q2 our numbers started to look like we weren't hitting them clients started cutting budgets um and then I stepped out of the business for a long time. My sister came over from Australia for two weeks and then she went back. My dad went downhill literally within three days. And then we had to admit him into a hospice and he was oh, there for sorry. three and a half weeks. You know, it's it's fine. It's brutal, but you learn a lot. Um, it's brutal and beautiful at the same time. That's, what, that's all I can say about the experience. Any of your listeners are, are on the journey. Yeah, so I was out of the business for... Three, four, five, six weeks, which is a long time, actually, to be... And I was not... Of course, I wasn't focused. I was focused on on my dad and my mom and my sister and me, you know. I was like, the business is not coming at the forefront of this. Like, stuff the business. It's not that important. But anyway, what I then you know had a board i had a board meeting 2 days before dad passed and it was not a good board meeting and my advisors were like you need to make some decisions you need to um you know fire your team and i was like god the consequence of that is me running the business by myself i don't want to do that just don't want to do that um, and then, you know, I and then there was a week I came back after Dada died and there was a week of conversations uh, or alarm bells with all my main clients that really worried me. So, you know, our Snap was our client. They got an in-house team. Google was a client. Um, we did a presentation. They had another agency on their roster that weren't very good before, but had really set their game up. So I knew we had some work to do there another client cut their budgets, another client that we'd won going through a, a tender process had had their budgets slashed by two thirds. So then I was in a position of, well, okay, you've probably got to ride out the summer. You're hitting July, August, which are always quite months. You're going to have to take some debt. You're going to have to work like a beast over the next three months. And then maybe September, October, things are going things are going to pick up or maybe they won't. I don't know. And you know what, Sarah, I was just in the midst of my grief, I looked at the amount of work, I mean, I came up with a million ideas of stuff that I could do, my board were like, yeah, that sounds great, yeah, 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 do it, do it, do it. And I just thought to myself, Sarah, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put myself through this. And then it's also was thinking about, if things do go well, I'm going to end up, I'm going to be exhausted I'm going to be in probably a hundred grand's worth of debt. You know, the business was burning 30 K a month in business costs. Um, I'm going to be in this debt and then the business is on the back foot. Cause then I'm not going to have any money to invest in the things that needed. You know, I knew there was this always work to do in an agency. Um, and I just thought, no, I'm done. I'm absolutely done. This needs to stop now. Um, so Yeah, so I made the decision on the Friday and I told the team on the Monday. Um, How new a thought was that? Um, I think the action to do it was a new thought. The underlying, this business is starting to do my head in, had been going on for a while. And I think that's why I'd had the M&A discussions. I could feel that I was losing the will. And that's been a real lesson for me, actually. And I think I and I think that's why I started this year going it's make or break because I really needed I needed the needle to shift I couldn't be working the way that I was working I felt I think in the early years every single challenge that came up in the business was quite exciting because even though it would batter you a bit you're like oh but I'm a you get yourself back up because you're like oh I'm a better entrepreneur and I learned loads from that and For me, I I wanted to be a brilliant entrepreneur, so I was fine about it. But then it started to feel like, actually, you're just constantly getting, I just felt like I was constantly in the room getting battered, you know, and you just sort of, and then I just started to focus on things like when my team were, like you know bringing me problems you know and legitimately, of course that they do have problems but it just felt like oh god there's another problem to fix or then a client would would have a problem and it's like oh it's another thing to fix or you know relentless. I, relentless is the word and when you've lost the will it's draining when you've got the will it's 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 fine because you're focused you've got the hope and the optimism and I think for me I was just like I just lost the will. I just was like, and I just felt like it was a really hard business to run. A creative agency is a hard business to run, a hard business to build and scale. That's what I think anyway.
1: Wow, so you you really had this, you said Friday you made the decision. (laughs) What,
0: what did it feel like to just have that clear no well I mean it's, it wasn't as simple as that I do I remember a few years ago there's a, a quite well he was quite well known at the time coach called Chris Beres-Brown and I remember going to a talk and he was talking about how you make decisions and about him and his partner were trying to decide whether they wanted kids or not and they made they couldn't make the decisions. So they were fitting round and round and round. So what they did is they just made the decision like 100% in and they sat with it for a week. So they said, right, we're going to say we're not going to have kids and we're going to sit with that for the week and we're really going to live it. And and then we're going to see how we feel. And that to me is a brilliant decision making that's great I love that Uh, yeah and I always use that now I'm like in your head just go mentally all in because you know how you can remunerate can't you around oh should it be that should it be that and you just drive yourself bonkers so I think I made I made the decision I mean really it was a discussion with my boyfriend I crunched the numbers I looked at how much runway I had in the business and I, I was really worried and very very anxious in a way that hadn't been before and I spoke to my boyfriend and he was like he just said to me, well, you, you could quit. Because I was like, well, I could do this and this is this. He's like, well, you could just stop, you know, you could just stop this. And I hadn't dared even think about it because I, for 10 years, I'd been on this mission, you know, and I was like, right. And I think it was lucky that it fell on the weekend because after some discussion with him, I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to sit with this decision that I'm going to shut the business and let me see how I feel. And I think I spent, I woke up Saturday how do I feel you know when you've had a good night's yeah. sleep and you're like how do I feel Oh, well, yeah actually that feels quite attractive that <laughs> feel. <laughs> and then Sunday it was like yeah and I, I it just it just felt right Sarah in my gut yeah. and um and then uh, and then I was like well if I'm gonna do it I've got to do it quickly because I've got a team like yeah. that I need to give them notice so that they've got time to sort themselves out and also I wanted to tell them before we tell clients like you know there there is a lot of admin to do when you make that decision but yeah that's that's what I did really I just wow. sat with it yeah I, I love that I've never heard that as a tool before
1: and I, I will definitely use it and, and you and you'd said oh um so I never even I can't remember the word you use like never even dared to think about it For did you yeah. say or yeah like, yeah I hadn't yeah it wasn't even it, a thing you, it wasn't even on your radar or do you think it was like no space like or hadn't come up like, that's quite amazing in 10 years to
0: never think about it. I mean, you know, I've thought about quitting before and actually I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I've thought I've wanted to quit before But it hasn't really, I've said, oh, I want to quit this, but actually it hasn't been about quitting the business. It's about quitting the situation that I'd got into in the business. And normally, and you hear this a lot when people are like, well, I want it to quit. And then I didn't. And then suddenly the business took off. And what I can see about that is actually when you get to that sort of point of exasperation of like you've had enough, it forces you to shift the needle, right? Because you're Mm. uncomfortable so whenever that's been before I've then suddenly gone right I just because you sort of feel like I've had enough I've got nothing to lose you actually shift your behavior so there were times when I needed to get myself out of the business and I really just had to be bold about it because it was so uncomfortable to stay where I was and I was at the point where I can't continue and therefore I do want to quit the business but I didn't really want to quit the business um yeah, you know, I really get that. It's like you've got nothing to lose at that point. i got nothing to lose because can, this can't continue. But I didn't really want to quit. I hadn't done with the business in that respect. I wasn't really shutting it down. But in my head, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm quitting. But it wasn't a, I don't know. It was like, <laughs> it's like quit version light, not the like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's
1: like quitting. <laughs> I always say that our desire to quit just shows us something's not working. It doesn't mean the whole thing has to go. So yes. it's, it's that it's, it forces you to stop and go, hmm, what do I need to change? What can I shift? What can I, I maybe do I want to save this? Do I want to find a way? What felt different this time, though?
0: What felt different? I think it was much more to do with the, the future I was painting for myself. Um, I think that the not daring to quit was because I was on a mission. And also, you know, I was at a point where really the business was in a great place um you know I mean arguably not if the pipeline's dead but in terms of team my business knowledge how we were running like and and you've then when you have a business you've built an asset so to just burn an asset to the ground is a bit stupid really you know but I and really but I I guess I would I just felt like it wasn't an asset anymore because I could sell it or do a merger. Like I probably could have had some emergency conversations with some agencies who probably would have done what's called an aqua hire, where they just buy you and your team. But then I'm in their business. I I still wouldn't have really have made a, a life changing amount of money, you know, that was worth hanging in there to do that. Um, and I think you know, just I knew what the business needed. And I just felt like, again, I wasn't the person to get the business, take the business beyond a million. I brought some people on board to help me get there, but I don't think I even wanted to. I was like, I don't, I don't want to have like a 10 million pound agency. That's not really, that's not really what I want. I wanted the million stretch goal. And I knew that the business at a million could give me some, you know, really good, good dividends. But you realize that building a business is a, a never ending investment. And I just was like, no, well, I've learned a lot and I think that's enough
1: now. That's, wow. I mean, you wrote actually in your, in your notes, you sent me before that that question people ask you, like, to what end? Like, you're, yeah. you know, it's like, and, and it sounds like there is no end, actually, in the end. <laughs> it's all, yeah. there's always another stretch goal. There's always another stretch goal. And it's like, yeah, just getting off that, that conveyor belt.
0: Yeah. And knowing what your stretch goal was. And I was like, do I care? Is that the story that I want? Do do I want it? And I was like, no, actually I'm an introvert. I like working by myself. I like being, a... you know, I actually think I've now landed exactly where I should have been, but now what I've got is really stellar business acumen that I can now apply and also, you know, help others with as well. But you know, the way I'm building the awards, for instance, I've learned so much and I'm building that completely differently now Um, so I think I felt like, okay, well, that's your, that's your business education, but we're done now.
1: (laughs) Amazing. I love that as well, because I think a lot of the reason people, when I interview people, the reason they're scared to quit is because they think it eradicates everything they've done. And I hear Mm -hmm. from you, like you're really taking it. It's like you, yeah, you had, you were, you were learning something And and when it was no longer exciting and stretchy anymore, it's like, cool, I'll apply it to something else now.
0: Yeah. And I think it was, I think it is, it's letting, it's letting go of that. I mean, the business was never my identity. I mean, even with the pandemic, you know, you hear a lot of people are like, it's my baby. I definitely felt like the business, I, I love the business. I I always likened it to having a piece of clay that I was shaping. That's how, that's how the experience was to me, like shaping this piece of, piece of clay and creating something, not my baby, not my identity. Um, And I think, i think it's really important to let go of stuff that's just not serving you like you know working those hours to what end it just wasn't it wasn't the story that i wanted to tell and i just didn't i didn't really care about an exit to be honest i didn't care about an exit that was at the detriment of me which would probably mean me working for somebody else um you know that wasn't the story i wanted to tell and that yeah
1: Was it to tell everyone like and how do you know in the in the kind of immediate aftermath of that how was it to have closed
0: it uh, I do you know what it's really it's really hard I think one of the things you have to get really good at if you're running a business is having uncomfortable conversations because they're coming up all the time so I wasn't I didn't like it I wasn't afraid to have that conversation but I think because because I knew that I could do right by the team in terms of I knew via my network, I could easily get them all jobs. Like, so that wasn't going to be a problem. Um, I knew that I was giving them enough notice and that because I was going to avoid going insolvent, that they would all get paid when they expected to be paid. And I'd be able to pay the people, you know, who I owed kind of redundancy to pay them. So I think, but it was sad. It was really sad because I think I'd kind of, you know, creating a business where people thrive has always been really important to me and culture was really important to me and we were, we were in a really awesome place and, you know, there were some tears on that call and I think, I think I'd underestimated like how much of a, a great working environment I'd kind of created for people and also unfortunately I kind of know that they are not necessarily going to get that from other agencies as well so I think there was a big sort of there was a you know utmost respect from all of them but I think also a bit of a like damn you know we were just on the on the you know we're in a an exciting kind of place but they got it I mean I did say to them well look do any of you want to do you want to you know take the agency and run it and they're like oh no 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 we don't want to run it so you know but yeah it was it was really hard but I think you know you have to put yourself first sometimes and I've always put the team first you know the amount of years that everybody's been paid more than me and I was like do you know what I'm putting myself first and I think with dad passing as well I'm like yeah this is this is all about me And I, and I was you know I'm not cold about it but it wasn't going to waver me like you know it's sad but this is I need to put myself first now I really do.
1: How much do you think that played a part the kind of what was going on with your family and in terms of the, the decision being
0: made? Um, I think. I think I knew that the business couldn't be put ahead of my health and well-being even though I'd very easily be able to do that like I can work like a beast if I want to I think I knew that that just was not not the right thing to do and was not what I wanted to do and not what I thought was particularly cool to do either I think um I think there was a bit in terms of my, my dad's always been a big champion for me and I think there's probably a bit of me that with him passing I was able to make my own decisions without perhaps being influenced by him or feeling like I'd let him down I think you know now I've had some time to reflect I think there was a freedom for me to make a decision rather than perhaps feeling you know not that not that my dad would have forced me to my dad would all would be the first to say do what makes you feel happy but I felt like maybe if I'd have done it before would would dad have been a bit disappointed maybe I don't know you know it's hindsight um was he an entrepreneur yeah, he was actually, he was, yeah. yeah, he was, yeah, and he did, he really supported me in my business, he was, he was really great, like, yeah, even up until like six months before he died, I had to force him not to, not to do the books, because the drugs were just, he just wasn't able to do it, bless him, Um, I, th- I think, yeah, I, I think it helped, I think it helped prioritise me, even though I felt alright and my grief wasn't that bad, I, it was the unknown, and I think it it made me focus on what was, what was important and I realized that this this wasn't important and I could do something else and I had so much skills and knowledge that you know it's time to apply it in a different way so yeah a little bit amazing
1: a little bit yeah yeah I see yeah but I, yeah I mean I there just seems like such clarity and I think this is what people often say around quitting is like if it's still unclear like it's probably not the time but there'll just be a moment when it's like yeah this just makes sense now
0: yeah and that's amazing. i mean i'd be interested to know in terms of now you've done a podcast and you're you're obviously a specialist knowledge in there where you can see patterns but it's interesting when I reflect back on things that I that I quit, and when you make the decision, you renew for so long. When you make the decision, suddenly it feels like old news because you're already onto the next thing, which is a good sign. Like I don't, you know, it's. Yeah, all the things, when I look in the past of all the things I've wanted to quit and you go, oh, I don't know because of that, that, you know, even the radio show, making decision to quit that, I remunerated on that for six months before. And then when I'd done it, I'd forgotten I even had a radio show, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I, so. That's so interesting. I
1: wonder if the quitting is the final, the actual final, the final action for some people. Because mm. I, I think I probably verbalize it quite quickly. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I talk about the flight, fight and freeze, kind of quitting personalities. So for some people, as soon as they're not sure, they get out.
0: Mm-hmm. Some
1: people fight and try and make it work, double down.
0: And some yeah. people
1: just, just pause and go, I'm not going to look at this. I'm just going to pretend it's not happening. Yeah, like head <laughs> so, in the sand. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think potentially, I don't know what, what you resonate with those, but maybe if you are more of a fight, you might for example, you might, that might lead you to have kind of been going through the motions without realising and then it's like, okay, no, <laughs> actually, yeah. the, it, then the quit is the final when it, you when you are moved on from it. Each,
0: which one of those things you mentioned, they all have a detriment, right? Because if you quit oh, totally. too early, you can actually just be quitting because you're fearful or you you know, like you're just avoidant around something. So you can, you can quit too soon and you can quit too late. I think, yeah. can't you? Like, you yeah. have to do some real, like, self, like self-observation, like, self which isn't always easy, is it? Like, where's this desire to quit coming from? Like, I feel like I want to quit and run away, but actually, should I stay and fight? Or am I staying and fighting when really I should be running away? Like, you know, you...
1: Or do I just need to not think about it? Because you know, I always say to people, all of those flight, fine freeze are appropriate in certain situations. Sometimes we do need to, to, like get out of a toxic situation sometimes we do need to fight on and push sometimes we do need to just not think about it and like just wait it out do but nothing. when we're stressed but when we're stressed i think we make the wrong decision that's my sense yeah
0: and do nothing is an action in itself of course isn't it? you know sometimes so, it's like yeah. park
1: it you're like i think <laughs> you're tired and stressed like don't think about yes. it today like have a, <laughs> I, i've been thinking this recently i'm like do i want to quit or do i need to have a meal and have a night's sleep oh yeah i needed a nap 100%. i needed a nap that's-
0: that's always what I say to friends when they send me to WhatsApp where like they're going to just literally blow up something in their life. And I'm like, have you slept? <laughs> have you <laughs> eaten? <laughs> Do you just want to chat? Like this seems a bit dramatic.
1: <laughs> I know, but this is the thing. But we can feel in those moments like there is no other option for me to shut this whole thing down. Yeah. Um, but my sense to me is there seems like a real serenity to your end, a real clarity. It doesn't sound like it's coming as a reaction it doesn't sound like it's coming, yeah, like my sense it was it was the perfect timing for you.
0: um do you know what it was. I really do feel like the universe kind of um kind of gave me an exit. i really it really did feel like even though in my head, I was like, well, this business has to do this or I'm done. Like I knew I probably had about eighteen months left in me, and then the needle had to shift radically. And I felt like with the the revenue dropping in the business the way it did and at the time it did. Like that doesn't ever happen. In my head, it's visualized always being backstage at a theater, and you're about to go on stage, and somebody's just lifted up the curtain and said, "Oh, you could just duck out here if you want, mate." <laughs> and I feel like <laughs> the universe went, uh, "I'm just going to lift up. There's a little, there's a little side exit here, but you could just go if you want." And I just went, "Yeah, thanks, bye." So yeah, I, I really do feel like there was a, a moment, and I and I knew I had to just take it, so I did. Yeah.
1: I really love that and I think it's such a good reminder for people listening who are like when things just aren't working it's like why am I not getting any clients at the moment or like what's happened here so be like where else might I need to be like or what Mm. what is this telling me like I do think our 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 client like what what we're creating is also a reflection of what we have capacity to create and hold and sometimes the external just shows us you need to take a break it cuts it creates the space for us it's also why we get ill sometimes we need to create space so i do think that i love the fact that you're seeing that as a kind of yeah like it was a gift to you really it was it made it easy it gave you some space and clarity to be like yeah this makes sense
0: yeah, totally. But I think that, you know, the challenge is though, or the shame around quitting, which is why I'm so pleased that you're doing your podcast and was so happy to be a guest. And it's one of the reasons I went, you know, public with it, because I was like, I don't want to have any shame. And the amount of people who sort of got in contact with me and said they were either thinking of quitting or they had quit. And, you know, and I was just like, no, like I don't I've learned so much. I've done something, you know, created a brilliant agency I'm really proud of myself I'm not going to have any shame around this like I really wanted to own that and and lean into that and and not and just not have it and do you know what I think it's been the best thing because I think people when you can really own yourself in an authentic way like that people just they do have respect for you I felt like if I'd have just quit and then shuffled away like I just think that would have probably done me a disservice and also I just don't want to feel like that I don't want to feel shame
1: I really loved how you shared it and you called it sunsetting, didn't you? Yeah. How did you come it up was... with Is that your term? Is that the your term or have you heard of... it?
0: Well, I kind—I did hear it actually on a newsletter. I'm also the queen of a PR spin, right? I can reframe yes. anything. You know this in coaching, Sarah, right? <laughs> Reframing is what you need to get through life sometimes because if you can't change it, all you can do is change the way you think about it. Um, and I had had a newsletter and somebody had said, "Oh yeah, it's." It, they just mentioned somebody who's in the midst of sunset in their studio, and I was like, "What?" And then that was probably about a month before, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally gonna." I'll spin this. I'm sunsetting. And uh, yeah, and I just think that was totally the right phrase, because I knew I wasn't I wasn't handing the business over to insolvency or liquidation, which is a, a different beast if you've got yourself in a real, real pickle because it was a, a choice. And I knew I loved the name of the agency and the proposition was me. And I, there was a bit of me that's like, I think this business is gonna come back as something else. So for me, it did feel like a sunset because it wasn't a, oh God, we're insolvent, like the business is done, done. So it did feel like a sunset ready for a sunrise
1: in 2023 Sarah I really love that it just has it's so beautiful and poetic and when I saw I was like oh this is you're so right it's like really owning the decision and what I'm hearing from you an overwhelming theme in this chat is that you're really proud of what you created you learned so much you created an incredible culture an amazing team that is so much to celebrate like where would there be any shame in that like that's, that's
0: literally like the opposite, but
1: yet yes. it's so weird that we still see an end. We're so scared of endings, aren't we?
0: Yeah, and I think agency world as well. It's all about the exit, right? That's when you're in agency world and you're meeting other founders, everyone's talking about the exit. Do you know what I mean? All the advisors that you speak to have all got there. We got our agency to 30 mil and then we exit, you know. So can we you think just explain that what that means for
1: people who don't really work in business? What does it mean to exit?
0: So really exiting is how are you going to get out of your out of your business. Um, and normally that is because you are selling it to somebody else, because, you know, when you're creating a business, you are creating an asset, you know, you, um, it has got monetary value and you know I think we can underestimate that when we're creating things even if you're a company of one you know you still have something that somebody might buy for a multitude of, of different reasons and what happens is they normally look at your profit what well, it's called the EBITDA but I'm not going to bore your listeners with what that means but ultimately they're looking at your profit and if you're selling a creative agency you can normally get four to five times your profit and then you would have that on what's called an earnout. so a company would buy you they'd give you probably 50% up front and then the other 50% would be dependent on the business still hitting some targets and you staying in the business for two or three years afterwards which I which every single story I heard was a world of pain so that was another reason why it wasn't very attractive to me because I was like I haven't set up my business I haven't come this far (laughs) to just come this far like I i set up my business because I wanted to be the master of my own destiny. I wanted to be the boss. And if somebody buys you out, you're not the boss. You're beholden of their shareholders, their board for two or three years. It's a world of pain. You might not get your full buyout, but then you're free. And you've probably got a life-changing you know, amount of money, hopefully. Or you've not. You've got a couple of hundred grand. Well, like I said before, if you can niche down, you know, as a company of one you could be earning that in a year so yeah
1: it's so interesting and and again it's i I always find it fascinating like people how entrepreneurs work with this end in mind that it may or may not happen like i find that quite like to be kind of basically living for a future but being miserable in the meantime
0: yeah it's quite a big
1: sacrifice
0: are you excited about creating do you know what I'm excited about I'm more I'm excited about staying in my what I call my sweet spot or or you might know this Sarah you know when you're working and you're in that flow state or you're doing the project where you're like oh this is just the best project like it's a bit challenging but I'm really enjoying it clients really happy you get those moments and I think when you're running an agency, those were probably 20%, maybe less than that of my time because you're stretched across everything and you're constantly feeling like you're not in your sweet spot on anything, you know? And I think what I'm enjoying now is I can be really conscious about the work that I'm doing and I'm enjoying this process. And now my, I can feel my days filling much more with like 80% great stuff you know, stuff where I feel in flow, where I feel like I'm giving value, that I'm doing the right thing, that I'm really helping. Um And, you know, that to me is what work's all about, really.
1: Well, I, I just get this sense of you, like you've gone on this massive journey, learnt loads of stuff, and now you get to choose, but you're at a higher level.
0: Yes. And I think there's also a bit of like, I really deserve this, Sarah. Like I have worked like a beast for 10 years hunger learned spent money on stuff whatever and I you know and it's 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 been a little bit of a mission for me to be comfortable with that you know I nearly tried to take a job because I was like wow I still got stuff to learn and I think Mm. you know I've had to get comfortable with like no 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 this is what you've worked towards to get to the point where you can you can just do work joy work magic sarah that's the goal oh. work magic and do you still want to work like a beast if it's work magic yeah <laughs> i mean no i don't i don't i want to um i want to prioritize i've got a new goal where i do two hours of exercise every day which is quite wow. punchy but like and the, you know it doesn't that's not like two hours of running but it's something it's some sort of movement it's a walk. yeah it's a do that so, and no I want to work I want to work smarter that's why I want to productize my IP so that I can go I'm not going to sit and tell you that and just charge an hour for my time you can go do my course and I can you know also hit my knowledge with more people so no I want to work smarter Sarah mm. but yeah that I mean the thing is it's just open-ended isn't it and especially in this world there's always more to do so I'm getting comfortable with like no don't do it that's enough that's enough yeah wow it sounds like a real paradigm shift yeah it is but it was needed I think yeah it was needed and I'm ready for it and uh yeah I mean but don't get me wrong I mean it's not I mean I'm in a good place here but I have had the past a couple of months going what am I gonna do i am never going any money again yeah like, I was gonna
1: ask like know. yeah how how yeah maybe it's good to just talk about that for a minute like what yeah what were some of the things that happened after closing
0: yeah I and I think you know you when it, my purpose was totally taken away from me and I felt really really lost and I kind of parked everything in August I was like you know you just need a holiday but there was a bit of my head and my head was noodling around and going what do you like doing Emma what do you like doing is it this is it this is it that like You know, I was sort of spread across stuff. Do I double down on in-house? Do I do coaching? Do I do advisory? Do I get a job? And my mind was just driving me absolutely nuts. Um, And then, yeah, and I think... I had to have some conversations with people and sit with stuff. But it was hard. Like sometimes some days it was really nice. And I was trying to enjoy not doing anything because I'd given myself a couple of months to just what I call noodle and and chat to people. But there was a bit of me that's like, you know, I do need to make money, you know, I'm all right for a bit, but I do when I want to make money. What am I going to do? Am I going to be happy? Is this going to be is this going to keep me excited you know um but I f- I feel like I finally got there and that really did come from lots of conversations um I did get offered offered a job which was really interesting because I did my whole make a decision over it because I was remunerating, and I actually cried getting a job felt like failure to me so um, really yeah I spent the whole what day like crying, heartbroken Uh, working on somebody else's vision not mine that was the whole reason I set my own because I'd done that to the age of 37 executed somebody else's vision and I said to myself I'm not doing that anymore and I'd never cried when I shut down the business you know not in not in that respect like you know it was sad but this was genuine heartbreak when I thought about taking this job and it was an amazing job, an amazing company that I really respected and really, I really wanted the job, like, you know. But I, I just couldn't do it. I was heartbroken all day. Um, yeah, yeah. That's so really interesting. Yeah, what surprised yeah. you about that? I think I was surprised at the physical reaction to it, right? Because, you know, I like yeah and it just surprised me because I think you know I I don't think I'd even I mean I'd done a lot of grieving for dad and when he passed there was a lot of relief but I don't think I'd even cried that hard for dad it was such it was just this real like it was a real sense of like failure and awfulness it was an it was a real awfulness um that just it was it was failure absolute failure Sarah I was like it just felt like the end of the world.
1: (laughs) My sense as well is that your it was fine to close your business if you then go on to alchemize that into more of your own stuff but that if you had taken that job it would suddenly mean potentially that your business or you as a business person had failed
0: yeah it's exactly that that was uh, yeah that was failure to me yeah which is but it's not if you alchemize it and maybe i had a distorted view of what work would be like because i i mean i don't i don't know you know this was a role uh, launching their london office i would have been an md of uh, in a different position you know maybe i've got this this um you know distorted fear of what employment was like because you know being a head of a department is a very different employee experience to being in a leadership role and i don't know what that's like because i'd never done it apart from when I'd done it my own thing. So maybe it was a, a rational fear that I should have had some coaching and explored a bit more, you know? Oh, I don't know. And I don't know, I
1: really relate to this. to the end of our time and i wondered if um i always ask this like if there's someone listening who is running an agency has their own business you know and it's kind of like oh god i'd i would love to just leave this and close it but is grappling with all of that same stuff like what advice do you have
0: okay mm, good question i'd have lots of advice one like we were talking earlier, Sarah, like, you know, just look at, at, at um why you're quitting. Um, If you've lost the will, that's a, that's a red alarm bell. Basically. I think that's what I've learned when you've lost the will is the will still there. It's just that you've had enough of the situation. Can you change that situation? So I would be analyze your quitting and Probably just listen to what we were saying earlier about almost like quick version light versus quick version like the full version. Um, I think also don't underestimate the value that you've created. I think when we're building businesses, and I I haven't really hadn't really worked that out until the past couple of years as I've had more conversations. But you know, there's a lot of value in the business that you're creating. So don't be afraid to start talking to people about potential mergers and acquisitions because it could mean that actually another company buys you you become part of something bigger you get some share options that could still shift the needle on your career on your financial trajectory so I think that would be another one like you know really I was a bit stupid just to shut down the business but I think for me because it is an asset um that I probably could have done something with but that wasn't what I wanted to do
1: and you but are the
0: asset I want as other well. People. It's true. Yes, you and I, all of the yeah. skills
1: you learn are the asset.
0: Yeah, but I think I was able to make that from a a choice. And I think what I'm keen to know is just to let people know that they also have an asset that they can create, so that they have a choice rather than just thinking oh, I've got to shut it because I don't like it. I've lost the will. Like there are other there are other options, and definitely explore those because you know it could be that you're your quit is actually a shapeshifter that leads you somewhere better or financially better as an entrepreneur. So that would, that would be my tip. Yeah. That's great. Anything you wish you'd known? Speak to other founders, get involved in like founder networks as well. There's some good ones out there actually, um, that you can join as agency hackers, agency collective and the cactus group and, uh, yeah, be amongst people, be in the room with people who are, further ahead than you that's what I, I made the decision to do when when I decided to grow my business I was like I need to be the dumbest in the room um and I put myself in room with people who had you know five million to ten million pound businesses um and that massively helped yeah. well I
1: yeah I'm very impressed with the whole journey you've been on with this and I, you know, congratulations on making oh, the decision. Oh, quitting? Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It is. It's
1: something to. It's something to celebrate. We do a lot of people starting businesses, and actually, this is just as important and an, a, a stage. It, it yeah. shows that there was something you created something which could close. <laughs> you know, you you had something. You made something. <laughs> it's true, and that's something huge. And and yeah, I I feel I'm really excited to hear what you do next, and like yeah just all of the ways maybe we need to have a follow-up in a couple of years if the podcast is still going <laughs>
0: see, and thank you what... sarah thanks for um shining a light on quitting and in such a sort of positive way because i think we need more of that and and i hope you know your listeners are, can uh yeah like boldly quit i would say oh and emma is there
1: anything you want to like plug at the moment i know you're kind of in transition but is there any way that you want people to contact
0: you or like Anything you want to share about that you're up to? Yeah, I guess. Actually, I could plug something. So on my website, my personal website, emmasexton.com, I've got a course um, that I created during the pandemic. Uh, It's called Lessons Learned from um, Bootstrapping an Agency. But I've got some really good tips for anybody who's thinking of setting up their business or they're in that sort of first year and it feels a bit hard or a bit overwhelming. Um, So, yeah, head on there and uh, check it out.
1: Amazing. Lovely. Thank you, Sarah. All right. Cheers. Have a great day, Emma. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Knowing When to Quit with Emma Sexton. You can find out more about Emma at emmasexton.com and at Miss Sexton at Instagram. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it. Rating us or buying us a coffee at ko fi.com forward slash Sarah Wyler. See you next time for our final episode of series two. You gotta know when to hold 'em, know when to fold 'em, know when to walk away, know when to run, you never count your money. You're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done You gotta know when to hold 'em, Know when to fold them Know when to walk away Know when to run, you never count your money when you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealin'''s done.